0: friends, how you doing? It's your buddy Phil here, project management trainer and coach. Thank you for joining me on the PMP Exam Radio Show. We've been talking about the knowledge areas and today we're going to talk about another knowledge area. We're going to talk about scope management. Now, we're doing this, as you know, through a hybrid lens. So we need to think about it from a predictive perspective. We need to think about it from an agile perspective and then meet somewhere in the middle. When we talk about scope from a predictive standpoint, we talk about plan, scope management, then we collect requirements, define scope, create WBS. then we validate the scope and we control the scope. But all of these things, they're done just with different language from an agile perspective. So using Scrum as a lens, we can talk about how this is done in the world of Scrum. So let's talk about the very first thing we do. When we talk about plan, scope management, we already know coming into Scrum that scope is flexible. Scope is the one that is free when we take a look at the iron triangle and relate that to Scrum. So budget and schedule are fixed and scope is free. So we have that in the back of our mind coming in. So we don't really do an elaborate plan, scope management, because Scrum is what it is. It's very straightforward. It's lightweight, but at the same time, it's rather prescriptive. We have those guardrails in place to help us practice Scrum properly, and that's okay. Makes sense, right? So when we talk about plan, scope management, it's already been done. A lot of it has been done for us. We know the process. We know the good behaviors, the bad behaviors, the good process. We know the anti-patterns. we try to avoid as we practice Scrum, and it just makes it easier for us to work from a scope perspective. All right, then we talk about collecting requirements. Well, we don't use that language in Scrum, but in some way, requirements that are true requirements are collected, and requests that are more requests than requirements are also collected, and this could be very quick and dirty at first. But through the process of progressive elaboration, we will refine these requests. We'll carve them into user stories. At first, they may be very rough. They may be all over the place. They might be confusing. They might be epic. So features, they might be at a very high level, but we've got to break them down. Now, moving a step further, going into how we do these things from a predictive perspective when it comes to define scope, When it comes to Defined Scope, we need to remember that Defined Scope is all about inclusions and exclusions. We want to know what the inclusions are, we want to know what the exclusions are, and when it comes to constraints and assumptions, we also want to refer back to those constraints and assumptions. We want to review them again and make sure that we did indeed capture all the constraints and assumptions. And that helps us better understand the spectrum of the project. Now, while we do not have explicit documentation listed as project scope statement or scope management plan or requirements management plan or things like that, there is an underlying understanding, like I said, throughout Scrum, throughout a lot of the agile frameworks. Moving on here beyond the defined scope idea, we get into create WBS. And in Create WBS from a predictive standpoint, this is where we break down the project work into smaller, more manageable pieces. And it's a deliverable-oriented breakdown of the work. So we're thinking about what are we getting out that is a product, service, or result, and how can we break those down into smaller pieces that are easier to manage and track. That's what we do in Predictive. Now, in the world of Agile, we do something similar. We have Product Backlog Items, and these Product Backlog Items, what we do is decompose them from the Product Level, down to an Epic Level, down to a Features Level, down to the Story Level, and ultimately down to the Task Level. So, while we do not call it a WBS. The same way a WBS goes down to the work package level. When we do our decomposition, we look to get in all the way down at first to a story level. And then ultimately, we could decompose down to a task level. It's just the way it works. The way we do business. From that perspective. So... That is pretty much how you could view Create WBS from an Agile lens. Moving on to the next process, we call it Validate Scope. Now, Validate Scope is rather important because we jump all the way from planning straight into monitoring and controlling. And in Validate Scope, this is where the product service or result has already been created. It's already been approved internally by the performing organization. And what we're looking for now is for that product service or result to go to the requesting organization, to go to the customer. And this is where the customer should be reviewing it, should be inspecting it. And deciding if it is fit for use, their use, and if it conforms to their requirements, and if they're satisfied with it. Now, from an Agile perspective, using Scrum as a framework to hang things on, in the world of Scrum, this happens in the sprint review. In the sprint review, the customer, the sponsors, whoever you want to call them, they review that end result. And they decide if it meets their requirements or not. And there are parallels here. So you can see, we may not call it exactly that in the world of Agile, but we're still doing similar things. Last but not least, we have Control Scope. So what do we do in Control Scope? In Control Scope, we prevent gold plating. And scope creep. In other words, we prevent extras from being done that were not initially part of the plan. Now, you know that in the world of Agile, we call this change driven. So, how do you manage or tackle the topic of scope creep in a change driven environment? Does it even make sense to say scope creep? Well, yes, it does, because right from the get go, you should have a roadmap, a product roadmap that guides you. What release is going to be done and when you've got an overarching idea? You may not have all of the features down pat, but you might have an idea of what those look like. But ultimately, you want to get to the point where you have an idea, a pretty firm idea of what the product goal is, and you aspire to meet that product goal. Let's see, as you aspire to meet that product goal, you want to keep your eye on that goal focused on that goal now could features change absolutely could things change yes but there's one thing that we do in the world of scrum that usually takes people by surprise and that is when we use scrum within the sprint we lock down the sprint as much as possible to avoid any additions to the sprint backlog Because once the sprint goal is determined within the sprint, that is what we focus on. And we remove all distractions. We don't want anyone to add anything extra within the sprint. Now, is it possible to have something that needs to be added to the product backlog? Absolutely. The product backlog is different from the sprint backlog. The sprint backlog is what we target to be done in the sprint. Product backlog is what we target to be done overall. And that could change. That could evolve. It's going to be prioritized. And over time, there are going to be tweaks. And there are going to be adjustments. And when we think about scope creep, that is just about the gamut of what you should be thinking about, my friends. So again, you can see in the aspect of scope, Whether you are looking at the six processes of scope or whether you're looking at a framework such as Scrum, you can see that all of this good information, all of this scope-mindedness is built into the process in and of itself. Okay? I hope you found this to be useful and I hope it makes absolute sense. All the best. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.